Lewis Aldersland with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. And you use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. Why don't you go ahead and do that? We'd appreciate it. Sure. Make the show a whole lot more interesting. That it will. <laughs> of course, a big local news here in the Baton Rouge, or I guess you'd say Louisiana. Louisiana area, yeah. yeah. Of the hurricane bearing down on us. Right. <laughs> and Looks like it's going to be a, a, almost a direct hit to Baton yeah, Rouge. Yeah, New Orleans and Baton New Rouge just coming kind of straight Morgan on City, up the river almost. Yeah, yeah the, the normal right sacrificial lambs <laughs> <laughs> of course baton rouge really hadn't had a major major hurricane i guess oh it's been a while yeah gustav i think was the last one that mm-hmm. came through here and i think it was a cat three it's supposed to be a cat four right and as i understand each category is like 10 times more than the one before it yeah. <laughs> so yeah I think, so yeah cat five they quit counting after that uh-huh. <laughs> it doesn't exactly. make any difference does it right it's pretty much a uh, kind of like a 10 on the richter scale yeah just don't even count above that <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter call it a 15 call it whatever you want yeah. yeah but i thought we'd talk just a little bit about hurricane preparations uh-huh. i know locally that's been kind of talked to death and all and some people from outside the area may be a little bit interested in those sorts right. of things right the number one thing that gets to me or i guess the the biggest message to me you got a lot of people just scrambling around everywhere they can everybody's in panic mode right now right thinking well we may have to evacuate and i'm not sure my car is in the best condition and the point is there you have to keep your car exactly in a condition when i heard about this two or three days ago i didn't have to do anything because my car is always kept in a condition of readiness sure you had three quarters of a tank of gas right air oil maintenance was up to date i, I don't ever run around you with know. with an eighth of a tank of gas you know i, I right. always try and of course now you can go to the gas station most of them are out of fuel they are because everybody's bought up everything that was available those that are open and have fuel have tremendous lines right I mean, and line up all the way down the street all the cheap gas has been bought up so what's left is the high octane the premium the fuel premium which fuel. you probably don't need right in your car and you're going to end up spending about 30 cents a gallon more by law they are prevented from jacking prices up correct during a, an emergency of any right. kind it's like can't state, jack state. the price of plywood up because people are boarding their windows up you can't jack the price of gas up right when the local government declares an emergency right declares a state of emergency then prices are kind of locked where they were at that's right and and for good reason you would have some unscrupulous people out there charging people six dollars a gallon for gas sure because they got to have it and we got it yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is not an opportunity no no, it's not an entrepreneurial opportunity (laughs) it it will get you in severe trouble yeah they do they do of of all the laws they do enforce i think they do kind of they do watch that, that one, one a bit most of them they don't not so much but yeah that one they tend to to keep an eye on pretty i remember pretty back a few years ago there was a building goods store mm-hmm. and people were buying up plywood and press board and all sure. stuff to, to board their windows up sure and they jacked the price of it up and they did go after them right they got in, in some serious uh, trouble huge, with huge fine and yeah. had to refund a whole bunch of money so yeah it's just one of those things but the point is you have to kind of be prepared well in, anytime you live in on the gulf coast anywhere right you've got to be prepared for a storm coming in right at any time especially during the 
what is it? Peak season. Peak seasons, July to September, October. Yeah, and really, most of the really bad ones here are towards the end of August and first, first of September. September. I know Katrina was on this same day. Sure, back we, when it came through. Maybe back when it came through. Yeah. And ironically, on my anniversary, <laughs> my wedding anniversary, so I don't know if it has anything to do with it. But right, yeah. right. <laughs> kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, kind of makes you. But the thing is, you want to have all this stuff prepared. And if you have a generator, which so many people in this do. area do, because when you have an event like that, it's going to knock power out for at least at a least couple a of day, days, if not a if week. Not, yeah. Sometimes up to two weeks, you can be without power. So if you have any protein stored in your refrigerators and freezers, you don't want to lose all that. Exactly. So, again, same thing. You have to have gotten your generator in running order. Before now. Before now, yeah. The storm should hit probably tomorrow sometime. And it would be really, really hard to go out right now and find anybody who can fix your generator for you. Right. I mean, at very least, you need to already have it out, have it prepared, Mm -hmm. have it ready to, to plug up, and have it in running condition. Well, and have an area to put it to run i know nobody wants to set their generator out in the weather sure obviously they don't so, want to sit out in rain but you can't under, set it under the eve of your house right and every single time there's a hurricane comes through somebody ends up dying right because they put their generator under the eve of the house you got to remember the exhaust fumes have carbon monoxide in them mm-hmm. which is a odorless colorless killer right and those fumes are hot because they're coming out of an engine so they're going to rise straight up if you ever look under the eaves of your house, you'll notice those little vents, which cools your attic. Mm-hmm. Those fumes are going right in through those vents into your attic. They start to fill the attic up. Then they cool off, and they come down into your house. Exactly. And people will die from carbon monoxide poisoning. Carbon monoxide poisoning. That seems sure. to happen over and over and over again. And they always tell you, do not put it under a carport. Exactly. Do not. You know, ideally, if you have a structure outside away from your house. Is the ideal place. Uninhabited even, structure. Even if you have a... If you already have a generator, you should have a, a temporary structure that you can build over it right. that you keep with the generator. Right. And that way, when you get ready to use it, you set it all up. Right. If you've got to put screws in it to screw it all together to hold it, that's you know that's part of building the, the structure. But right. the basic thing is to keep it away from the house right. as far as you can. Yeah. And if you go on our website, it recaps all this. Just type in hurricane or something like uh-huh. that. I've got a nice article on the website that we wrote several years ago that recoups all this kind of stuff. Sure. Another thing is with extension cords, you have to be very careful. You do want a grounded extension cord, not a two-wire cord. Exactly. Those are not designed to, to deal carry the with, kind of loads. with transient grounds and stuff. Right. Well, and if you're not grounding back to that generator, then you're not actually grounding anywhere. Exactly. Unless you because got a, that's where the power is being produced. That's so that's where produced. the ground so has to be. It's not like with your house where it's all wired into the house. Uh-huh. Sorry, got a ground system in there. You may not have that generator. So you have to have a big enough card to carry the load. Right. And that, that seems to be a big thing because most of your yard equipment that you use extension card for mm-hmm. is a light card. It's not really heavy duty to, say, run a air conditioner unit or a hot plate, yeah, a you, coffee maker, you you know, some, things like that. You need a, a very good. In the, in the 10 to 12 gauge range exactly. minimum. And remember, too, that amperage is one factor, but the distance that the amperage is transported is another factor. Yes, it is. For instance, if a 12-gauge wire will conduct 30 amps for 100 feet, it's not going to do it for 200 feet. Exactly. You know, As you go further out, the resistance builds more and more, so you may have to have a 10-gauge wire for that or even an 8-gauge wire. Right. So you want to be sure for that because you don't want to set fire to your house no, most definitely. <laughs> or anything else. You don't want anybody getting electrocuted right. or shocked. Another thing, I know it's tempting sometimes to have a generator hooked into your house power. And unless it is a professionally 
done generator where it isolates that from the outside circuits. That is a big hazard. It is because the power you're producing is being backfed into that box. And if it's still hooked to the grid, then it's being backfed through the grid. That's right. And the service people. Service, yes, thank you. The service people that are trying to get all this electricity back working, putting lines back up, they encounter a hot line. You know, there could that be a wasn't fatality. supposed to be. Right. There could be a fatality. So if you got a professionally installed generator, which a lot, a lot of homes do have they are. here. Some of them are dual or tri-powered. They have gasoline, diesel, or natural gas, mm-hmm. which is very, very convenient. You don't have to store all that gasoline around your house, which is another, another factor. thing. Uh, another thing, if you do have gasoline that's old, you may want to consider not much you can do about it now. Again, right. last week was the time to do something about that. But old gasoline is not going to do very, particularly if it's unleaded gasoline. Right. It's going to little motor. It's going to cause separate, and then it's going to be a problem mm-hmm. in those smaller motors. Yeah. So, again, all that was due, prepared yeah, last week. Be yeah. Prepared. And if you're lucky enough to have a built in generator, what those do when they convert over to house power to power your house, they disconnect from the lines. It's right. got a big it's relay an automatic, in there. It's an automatic disconnect. When one connects, the other one automatically disconnects. Mm-hmm. So you're not putting anybody else in harm's way. Right. But if you take your little generator, your little gas-powered generator, and you hook it into your home power, Did that's you- when you create a big, big hazard for the next guy. Sure. And these guys are out here trying to do everybody a favor, get the power back on, and they're working in wet conditions, oh, yeah. really bad conditions. If they know this line is dead, they've cut it from the power source they go in to service it but somebody's back feeding power back into it and it's hot yeah it yeah. could be a fatality yeah and i'm sure most of them have ways of checking those oh, i'm sure things, they check every wire they get near i would I that's why i'm a that's why i'm an auto technician not an electrician <laughs> that's right yeah cars are bad enough but they're on right. 12, 12 volts so it'll give you a little jolt but it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt kill you, you know? yeah so just a few tips now you gotta watch at this point in time it's probably better if you haven't made arrangements to get out and go somewhere else you're probably better off just to stay at home sure because you don't want to be in the road the roads are crowded the big trucks are all running they're trying to get emergency supplies here there and you don't want to get in their way you don't want to sit in traffic for hours and hours you don't want to be out on the road when the storm hits debris starts flying around you're better off actually to be in your house at this point so if you hadn't made arrangements to go somewhere you're probably better off at this point just to go ahead and hunker down right just where ride you it out where you're at. Yeah, hopefully you got food stored up. Maybe a few ice chests with some yep. extra ice. Yep. In case power goes down. Perishables won't. Mm-hmm. And best off is to have a lot of canned goods and a can opener. Not sure. an electric can opener. <laughs> <laughs> That's what most people have is electric can yeah, opener. It's, it's almost hard to find a regular can opener. It anymore. is. You know, everything's electric. But yeah, if you got all this canned goods. And can't get into the cans. Can't get into the can. Yeah, I mean, he, of course, I guess you can, you can get into them. But necessity is the mother of invention. That's it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've seen me dig through a can with a bayonet before if I get uh, hungry hey, enough. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. You will get into it, but it's, it's not going to, yeah, it might get all cut up and yeah, then, chew your fingers up and stuff in, in the process. Right. And we'll talk a little more about that and everything else. Just kill Skull 291 6901. We're going to take our first little break. Be back just a little bit. I had a bad dream the other night. Can't be worse than mine. I was buried up to my neck in the desert, surrounded by an army of prairie dogs, and their leader rides up. Rides? Yep. It's Yule Brenner, and he orders me to eat this huge mound of candy corn. So all the prairie dogs line up and feed it to me piece by piece. I'll never look at that Halloween confectionery the same again. What about you? Well, I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at ADCO, and my car left me stranded on I-10. Now that's scary. 
Agco Automotive is here with the best way to keep up with car maintenance. Get our annual general inspection. You pick the month, we check out your vehicle and recommend any maintenance you may need, which can save you costly repairs down the road. That was a freaky dream. Were you on medication or did you eat anything strange? Uh, yeah. I actually ate a whole bag of candy corn left over from Halloween. 2014. Oh. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco. It's the place to go. Here we go. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Two tools to try to answer any questions you may have. Just give us a call. It's 291-6901. Talk a little bit today about the hurricane. Right. Bearing down on Louisiana. Of course, we'll take a question on any topic you may have. You're not ever will. limited to that particular not at all. Talk whatever we may be talking about. One of the next things about the hurricane, hurricanes always bring a tremendous amount of rain. Yes. And they're expecting between 12 and 18 inches. And we've had a good deal of rain already past, right, leading up few to weeks. this event. So the ground is pretty well saturated. Pretty saturated. And a lot of the creeks and tributaries and rivers are near full. So mm-hmm. there will undoubtedly be some flooding. There will. Always is. But... With flooding, and again, we have said this a million times, but cars are water-resistant, right? but they are not submarines. Exactly. And because you have a four-wheel drive truck does, does not, not change mean, that yeah. at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Unless you have got a signified high-water vehicle with a snorkel and uh-huh. raised exhaust and you really differentials see- that are sealed and all that stuff, you're just really? not going to be able to Right. You really should stay the- out of the high water. Yeah. If and- possible. I know people, well, I want to go help my friends out, or I want to go do this. And a lot of people, they just want to go try, right. try to four-wheel drive out, how cool right. it is. Really not a good idea. I cannot tell you how many four-wheel drive trucks with big, giant tires on them come in every... Sure. Every time it floods. Normally about two weeks to two months after the flood with torn-up differentials, torn-up transmissions, torn-up wheel bearings. Sure. And all this stuff went back to somebody riding around in the high water. It leaked past the seal. Once the water gets past that seal, it starts to emulsify the grease. Mm-hmm. It's putting moisture where moisture doesn't not supposed to normally be. have a, yeah. a place. And so it's going when you get moisture in an environment like that, it's going to emulsify the grease. It's going to start to attack the metal. It's going to pit it up. And once you get a little pit or two in there, it's turning round, round, round very fast. It's not going to take it long to self-destruct. Exactly. First symptom, you usually start to get a vibration. You start to get a noise noise when you're driving mostly when you turn in a certain in a different direction you know the loud the noise gets louder when you turn right or trying to right. turn if left it's the front one if it's a front one if it's uh, rear. a rear one it usually just starts coming in and it stays there right right doesn't change doesn't so change much at pitch all. when you turn side to side although depending which bearing it is it may get louder or quieter when you accelerate and decelerate it's possible i know and, the the toyota product mm-hmm. they've got a bad history with wheel bearings right rear wheel bearings right and if that water gets past the little seal in the front, then it's pretty much a whole differential. Well, not necessarily differential, but whole you got bar- to bearing. You got to pull the axle out. It takes about four and a half hours to go in, pull the axles out, change the bearings, put it all back together, fill it back up. So it's pretty expensive, yes. involved yes. process. Well, you can take some of your four wheel drive trucks, particularly your three quarter tons. Those wheel bearings are way, way pricey. Yes. I know, like your Ford F two fifty. Some of those are eight $900 per side mm-hmm. for the wheel bearing hub Just assembly. Just the hub assembly. Because it's a big, massive piece of machinery. Right. And you got to take quite a bit apart. You got to pull the drive axles out and all that kind of stuff. So, yes, it's going to be a, an expense. A big expense. And for some reason, people 
tend to think that because it's four-wheel drive, it's more it can, resistant to water. Four-wheel drive just means all four wheels pull. Right. It may go through some more mud. Basically, that wheel bearing is a bigger version of a two-wheel drive wheel bearing right. in most cases. Mm-hmm. So, but it's really not any better sealed. No, it's not. It's, it has the same seals in it. It's just the bearing is bigger. Right. Larger because it has an axle and it's pulling more load and all that stuff. But that's just kind of a common fallacy. People tend to think that, well, this big old four-wheel drive truck and mm-hmm. this guy's big tires on it, da, 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 da. It ought to be able to. Well, and. But it won't. Right. And, you know, most of your differentials have a have a vent, vent tube mm-hmm. that runs up in an engine compartment in the front or up onto the frame rail in the back. Right. A lot of times that tube will get torn or it will break or it will dry rot. And then your vent is right there at the top of the differential. Right. Well, that is a particular problem on four-wheel drive trucks because when you drive a four-wheel drive through brush and debris and stuff like that, it's not very hard for a branch to reach up there. That truck Grab may it. crush right on over. Right. But if it catches that little rubber line, it's going to break it off. And then you've just got like a nipple sticking out of the top. Right at the differential. Of the differential assembly. It's under the truck, so it's probably not anything you're going to see unless you crawl under there. Exactly. I know we are under cars a lot of times, changing all, doing this, doing that. And I always try to make a particular effort to look at that right? and warn the person, hey, because look, we need to replace this vent hose. Because it is so important. It is Well, it's, it's going to be probably a two to $3,000 event. If it gets water in when it. When water gets in it, and that's per differential. you got sure. two differentials. <laughs> yeah, do the math. <laughs> yeah, so this, this is going to escalate It'll out of expensive. control pretty darn fast. So, yeah, you want to make sure that kind of stuff is all in good condition. And like I said, it can happen on a two-wheel drive just as easily. But most people are not driving two-wheel drives through high grass and through right. off-road, off-road as right. much as they would a four-wheel drive, and they just have a like a false sense of security because it's four-wheel drive. It ought to be able to do sure, and it will go places it that will. A two-wheel drive won't. It will obviously That's all four wheels are pulling, for. but it's really not a lot more water resistant, and it's really not a lot more durable. Generally, a four-wheel drive is going to have the same transmission as uh-huh. a two-wheel drive. It's just going to have a transfer case hung on the back of it, right? which makes it more expensive to address because it's more labor to get it out, more labor to put it back in. But it's not going to be a heavier, necessarily, unit because of a four-wheel mm-hmm. drive. You know, four-wheel drives will not tow any more than a corresponding two-wheel drive. you got a half-ton four-wheel drive. It will not pull any more than a half-ton two-wheel, two-wheel drive. drive. It doesn't add towing capacity. It doesn't add load capacity for the most part. Does it's not more waterproof, it just goes more places. Right. And it does require more maintenance. It does because there's more stuff on there. I know more a things lo- turning, more different more fluids that need to be serviced, different oh. drives that need to be looked at. I've had people ask me, you know, I've always wanted a four wheel drive. What do you think? I said, Well, do you need a four wheel drive? Exactly. Well, no, I just think they're cool looking. Well, they are cool looking, but again, you gotta remember they've probably got a third more turning parts exactly. underneath it to give it all that capability. If it's something you're not going to use, it's not a very practical thing. Or use on a rare occasion. Yeah, very, very rarely you might. And, again, it's not if you want one and that's what's going to make you happy. By all means. too short, go get you one. Exactly. I'm just saying, right. if you buy stuff that you're not going to use, it's not only the fact you spent more money going in, but there's a maintenance cost involved. There is. And that's going to go on. And eventually all this stuff is going to have to be serviced so it's going to be a more expensive vehicle i see shops a lot of times where the owner of the shop is an ex-technician and he's a gearhead he loves gadgets and gizmos so he buys all kind of tooling he buys the latest this the latest that and if you're not going to use that 
Number one, you wasted a bunch of funds on stuff you're not going to be utilizing that you could have put towards stuff you are going to be utilizing. Mm -hmm. But number two, this stuff's all going to become obsolete because new cars come out every year and they all have new technology. I went to a friend of mine's shop one time and he has got more near new equipment sitting on the shelf (laughs) in the back. I mean, if he could have turned that into cash, he'd be doing a whole lot better than he's doing today. Yeah. But yeah, you don't just buy stuff just Just because it's new, because it's cool or you want it. I guess you can. Well, yeah, you Your can. Choice, you but just, yeah. you got to remember all this stuff, particularly when it comes to tooling and equipment on cars, it gets obsolete pretty fast. Sure. Because every time they come out with a new model, they come out with new tooling to fit that new model. The old stuff, because those cars are inherently starting to go away, they'll be around for a while. But do you really want to have a $3,000 piece of equipment that you've used twice no. sitting on the shelf getting worth less by the day? Not at all. Yes, it's, it's depreciating. So, same thing with it, with anything you buy. You want to kind of reason that out. You know, is this really something you just want, mm-hmm. or is this or something, something you need? need? And it's the same thing with like a performance car. You see a lot of times, guy always wanted a sports car, or whatever. So he goes buy a twin turbo version or something. Uh-huh. Well, twin turbo will make the car go faster, no doubt about it. But it's also going to build in a pretty sizable maintenance issue because you got two turbos here that could fail. Very very expensive. You can need more frequent oil changes because those turbos do put much they more do. load on everything. So again, if that is going to truly make you happy, that's great. Well, and you know, most of those cars sit a lot. They do. You know, most people go out and buy this this real expensive sports car, maybe drive it on the weekend for a couple hours, a couple times a month. I mean, before long it needs tires. Yep. It needs oil change. Well, either it the tires needs- have dry rotted, gotten old. Or they do wear out pretty fast. They do, because, because they are they're a soft, soft rubber. Compound. That's how they get the performance ratings on them. So, yeah, anything like that that you buy that you really don't need and you're really not going to use is just a total expense that yeah. you may not have needed to be there. Well, that's right. You could take that money and put it towards something better that could serve you better if you want to end up where you want to end up at some right. point in your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you see people with, with just, just gobs and gobs of, of adult toys. Right. I know a guy like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he buys all the latest stuff that comes out. He's got a garage full of stuff. Yeah, and I was Doesn't over there. It. Yeah, I was in there not way. too long ago. He's got to store it. Well, he actually built onto his garage. Yeah, added another is, garage. Added two garages. Yeah, he's got four lifts and six cars. Yeah, that he keeps parked in the garage. Plus the two that he drives. Doesn't drive during the week. Job. Yeah, I was over there the other day, and all the tires were dry rotted on them. Yeah, said, well, geez, man, what are you gonna do with hey, all if this? That makes him happy. Oh, it does. You know, God, God just, bless him. Just the happiest person <laughs> I've ever met. You know, <laughs> hey, life's too short. That's man. it. Hey, take our second quick little break. Be right back with more on the automotive hour. Phew. I had a bad dream last night. Girl, me too. I was out on a date with Matthew McConaughey. Well, that doesn't sound too bad, but literally. All he could say was, all right, all right, all right. Still, it's... In auto-tune. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Over and over and over. Oh, it was a nightmare. What about you? I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at Agco, which cost me thousands in repair. Now that's scary. Agco Automotive's general inspection is the best way to make sure your car performs at its peak and you're not surprised by any major repairs. Bring your vehicle in once a year and we'll recommend any maintenance. We can even help decide if it's worth fixing or time for you to purchase another. My dream was scary, but yours was, uh, all wrong, all wrong, all wrong. <laughs> Okay, are you finished now? Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. 
knock-knock noise off the river to I Don't mind it, cause the man with the whiskers has a lot behind it. But I can't keep punching with the victory crew when you're making me punch you with that. Hey, welcome back. Just join us in the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. Got all our lines wide open. We appreciate hearing from you. That we do. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity to get a live answer this morning, you can always visit our website, which is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. You click the button. The little form is going to pop up. Fill out the form and hit the submit button. There you go. Get your questions answered that way. That's right. And normally we do get those back within 24 hours. And I cannot guarantee that within the next week because right. power and internet are down in our area. That's exactly. I just can't access can't, it. Yeah. Our server, that, that information comes. It's actually, we have it on seven different servers spread around the world. Uh-huh. Uh, it's a service we pay for to make it faster. But I think our main server is in Atlanta, so it should okay. be safe for me. It's not going to get damaged. So the site would probably be up if you are in England or sure. Spain or anywhere where the anywhere power's in the up. United States where you got <laughs> power. But even though you're sending email to me, it is go- loading up on the server, and it will be there when I do eventually get a computer that works. But, right, be able to access it. Yeah, be able to access it. I'm not sure how long that's going to be. So it's no telling. Don't get an answer back right away. You just kind of cut me a little slack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe in the next week before uh, before we get an answer yeah, out, we will get just it just depending on when the power comes back on. Well, that power and the internet because one obviously does not work without the other. Well, and you know it's going to you know the power is going to go out. I mean yeah. that's, that's, that's almost, almost a given because we we have uh, over. Over the air uh, transmission lines and right. things. For the ma- majority For the- of, the, of the power lines are. Now, like in the French Quarter where I live, everything's underground. underground. And that yeah. does seem to hold up pretty well. That last hurricane that came through New Orleans, my power was out for about an hour. Wow. Which is unbelievably of, fast. Yeah. yeah. But in Baton Rouge, more of it is above ground. And when those branches fall across a line, Right, it takes the fuse out and it pops the fuse and the they have to go in and put all the lines and all back up before they can just flip the fuse. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it may, may be a while. Tire grid out, and then we start getting some of the big high transmission lines out. That's when you get a lot of power takes outages. Out. Yeah, and I gotta say, man, the power companies here are accustomed to this. They are. I've noticed they've got the big trucks the already big stationed. Trucks. They they're staged all yeah. over the area yeah they're already here when i was coming out of new orleans last night i could see just hundreds of them sitting there in in lots mm-hmm. you're around the city just waiting to go in they're not gonna bring them in because they don't want to congest anything yet, right but they're sitting there ready and waiting and a lot of the other states that are not going to be affected by this hurricane we'll ship theirs have in. already shipped personnel and equipment in right and staged it so you'll see and the, the they big, do that uh, across the coast you'll, you'll see the, the big Gulf coast. trucks uh, that cut the trees and all uh-huh. they'll be like a convoy yeah coming in. <laughs> yeah just you'll see a mile of them just coming uh-huh. in from all over the united states you know people coming in to help right uh, to get everything righted again yeah, you got a big 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 mess sure uh, so uh, it takes obviously. a lot a lot of people and a lot of equipment to straighten it all out yep. in a timely manner we were talking a little bit about superfluous things that we buy uh-huh. and, and so far as that. And I'd like to kind of bridge on that just a little bit. We have things nowadays that are on cars. That, that are government mandated. They are mandated. You don't have a choice in the matter. So they are there, but they are very infrequently, if ever used. Uh-huh. However, when they are, it may be a major expense. Sure. One that comes to mind is airbags. And I think generally airbags are a good thing. They do save life. That's a proven fact. But you got to remember, if you have a fairly minor collision. And you set off four or five airbags. You are going to probably almost total the car. Right. With the expense of replacing all these airbags and stuff. Because the newer cars can differentiate between a really big 
a hard uh, collision and a very minor collision. So, you know, depending on how bad the collision is as to the severity of the bags that go off right. and in which direction the collision was came from. That's right. We're going to talk more about that. We're going to go phone lines. we got Darren on the line. Good morning, Darren. Hello. Hey. Yeah, there you yeah, are. Go ahead. Sorry, I had my headphones on. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah, yes, sir. much better. Thank you. So I have a 06 Land Cruiser, okay. and I plan on keeping it for the rest of my life. Yeah, I would. And Great. I was wondering, would it be worth it for me to buy another 4.7 liter engine, rebuild it, fill it with oil, shrink wrap it and set it aside i probably I, for- I probably wouldn't because you know it's going to sit there and it's going to deteriorate no matter how good it, right. it's going to be in your way it's going to be an unnecessary amount of money you've tied up that engine i mean with a little maintenance and good care could probably go three hundred thousand miles pretty darn easily i would I already wait. got 300 on it yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I go. would wait until I start to have problems with it. I mean, it's probably not your only vehicle. If it does go down, it'd be inconvenient for a week, 10 days while you did something about it, but it's not going to be like you're stranded. I mean, I just think the... It's uh, a big expense for... It's a big expense yeah. for one thing. Another thing is you have to keep this somewhere. And another thing is that it is starting to deteriorate. It's like everything else. One time, your baby starts to die when it's born. And that's kind of a morbid thought, but the same thing on the engine, it starts to go bad the second you build it. You yeah. Know? So I mean, it right. sits, it, it sits it's in sitting, one position. Yeah, the rings are stuck in one position against the cylinder wall. And I mean, yeah, you could go out and turn it over every so often, but I just think that normally engines, particularly those type of engines don't just catastrophically no. fail without any warning. You know, it'll start consuming some oil. It'll start making maybe a, a rattle, a rattle noise or yeah. something. Generally you have some warning. You can start making some preparation at that time. And I would prefer to rebuild the engine you have if that's possible, you know, unless it fails yeah. in a manner that can't be rebuilt anymore. But if you can just take and rebuild the engine that you have, I mean, have you said, hey, I feel like I've gotten my money's worth out of it. I'd like to go in and put rings and bearings and all in it now before it fails. That might make some that's sense. That's an option. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that just shed some light on it. The, uh, like I said, I, I plan on keeping this vehicle forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, had- I love it. I had a 96. That was the last uh-huh. of the old big, I had a 4.5 liter six cylinder in it. And 80 series. Yeah. Yeah. I always regretted getting rid of that thing. Although that thing was, I just couldn't hang with the fuel mileage on it. It uh, was a beast. Oh yeah. About 10 miles a gallon. Yeah. <laughs> and but it'd go anywhere. We, oh yeah. You could drive it straight up the side of a wall, you know, and built just so over-designed oh, it was. for a purpose. I it mean, really was. It, it's probably still running around somewhere out there, but I just, my needs changed. I started traveling a whole lot more and I wasn't carrying those yeah. kinds of loads anymore. I didn't need it for couldn't, that Couldn't purpose. stand 10 miles to the gallon yeah, 10 on the miles interstate. a gallon really kind of, <laughs> yeah, and it had a fairly small fuel tank. Yeah, it did. Mirror, about a 16-gallon tank, so you didn't have a real long range no. with it. So. But yeah, really, really yeah, good that, vehicle. that was back when $4 a gallon gas. Yeah, yeah, the, oh yeah. Uh, 07, 08, yeah, 09, almost 10, a, those things were almost a paramilitary-type vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was built yeah, like Yeah, they, they were designed to last... 20 years in a third world country so, oh yeah that's right know, that's right in america in the outback somewhere you know four yeah. Years. yeah yeah all right appreciate all right. it all right hey, y'all stay safe thanks all for right, man thank you bye-bye bye-bye all right 291-6901 is the number we sure appreciate hearing from you give us a call and we were talking a little bit about some of these systems that are kind of mandated on cars another one that comes to mind because we see this so so often is your tire pressure monitoring systems right and again me personally, I like that system. I like it on my car. I would repair mine because I like knowing my tire is going low. Uh-huh. 
particularly the later model ones like on my Toyota, where it gives me a live reading of the air pressure in each individual tire. Exactly. The so you can kind of monitor it. The kind of throw a light on and say, hey, you got a low tire somewhere. Well, that was the first design yeah. system. It actually used the ABS tone wheel right. and the ABS signal to detect a low tire. Mm-hmm. So it just said, hey, you got a low tire. You got to go tire. find it. And the that only probably wasn't quite as useful. It wasn't. The only problem I see with this system is it doesn't monitor the spare on some vehicles. Right. Now, I think Toyota has a five-channel system. That's the only one I've ever seen and, that had all five yeah. channels monitored. I'm not not real sure, but I think Chrysler also had one okay. on a certain model. Yeah. But the spare tire is the one that nobody ever checked. That's right. It's in the trunk. It's out of sight, out of mind. By the time you realize, hey, I got a flat tire, I need to spare, yeah. you go back there, it's flat. At the worst possible time you could find out this tire is flat. It's flat. And that's why on our general inspection, we always check that spare tire. Sure. It's part of our general inspection, one of the things we check. But that's really more of a problem on the full-size spares. It is. And the Toyotas generally would come with a full-size spare. The little small dinky spares, they are sealed a little better. They're basically bonded to that rim. Uh-huh. So they don't get as many leaks, and they're a much smaller tire. They, they still go down. Yeah, they, they do go down and have to be aired up. But that is a nice feature. What I like about reading off the actual pressure, I'm going to New Orleans a year ago, and bam, light comes on. Right. I go to my little display, and I see it's the left front tire is going down. Sure. Let go of the steering wheel tipper. It's not pulling right, not pulling left, but it is about two or three pounds down. So I leave it on that screen, and I start to watch it. And about 10 miles down the road, it drops another pound. Another 10 miles, it drops another pound. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, this is a fast leak. Right. This I need to pull over before I get to the bridge where there's nowhere to pull right, over at. Right. So I can get to a convenient spot, pull off, put my spare on. Now, conversely, if it would have come dropped two pounds three pounds light came light on, on and it didn't drop anymore or didn't drop a noticeable amount i could have driven it all the way into the city sure put some air it maybe made it all the way back to the shop before i had to worry about it right so it gives me a thought how bad a problem how big a problem is it so pretty handy system the point i was trying to make with all this it does have a cost sure because there is a sensor inside of each tire eight to ten years it has a little battery in there yeah, that eight that to ten years that battery's die. gonna die and when and the it light dies, comes on, there's going to be an expense to replace all those sensors. Right. And if you're replacing a sensor, let's say your car is four years old and one sensor just happened to go out. Okay, maybe you had a bad sensor, replace the one sensor. But if your car is eight to ten years old, one, one sensor s- goes out, I can tell you for absolutely sure the other three are not far behind. Right. And the end game is the light's going to come on. Right. But no matter what happens, the light's going to pop That's on. right. Whether it loses pressure, whether the battery goes dead. Right. The end game is the light comes on. Yeah, you you just replace this and now the right. light's back out. Well, and those sensors have come down a lot in price recently. Well, the aftermarket has come out with some decent sensors that you don't have to go back to the OEM and get them anymore, and those do work really well. They do. So the competition has brought the price down. Back when the OEM was the only game in town, they just charged what they want to charge. Right, and it was it was almost the, the price of two tires. Yeah, to get you know it was is a price of four tires plus another couple hundred to get the sensors right. put back in. Nowadays, if your car is, let's say, 8 to 10 years old and you're getting a new set of tires, that's now is the perfect time. time to change them. Sure. Because There's, you don't have to break all the tires down again. You don't have to rebalance all the tires. You already got them all. So something you might want to consider if you got a light on or you didn't have a light on, when you're putting tires on, is the best time. Go ahead and just change the sensors that it is. at the same time. Right. But, again, it's one of those systems that it's nice to have, but it is going to add expense. It's not like you're just going to put it in there and forget about it. Right. That didn't happen. That's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Take our final quick little break. Be right back with more on the Automotive Hour.
Man, I had a bad dream the other night. Oh, me too. I was abducted by aliens, but they weren't little green men. They looked more like a cross between a chicken and a gremlin. Like the 80s movie? Yeah, so they take me up to this spaceship and onto this theater stage, and in the audience sits all the cats of my ex-girlfriends, and they're just sitting there judging me. Even Mr. Piddles, who I actually kind of liked. Oh, uh, what was your dream? I dreamed I forgot to schedule my annual general inspection at Agco and my car broke down. Now that's scary. Hey, at Agco Automotive, we know it's hard to keep up with maintenance. What do I do at 15,000 miles? What do I do at 75? We recommend an annual general inspection. Just pick a month and bring in the vehicle. We'll give it the once-over and can recommend any maintenance you may need before something causes bigger problems down the road. So did they take you to their leader? No, they made me watch a cat video reenactment of Steel Magnolias. It was horrible. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Join us the Automotive Hour. Your host, Louis Aldersan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager and lead technician, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Why don't you give us a call? It's 291-6901. Still got a few minutes left. Got all our lines wide open. We'll yeah, try we to answer any questions you might have. Just for a few more minutes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking just a little bit about some of the different systems that are yeah. mandated on cars. And the fact that because it is put on there, it's not like, if you get, say, a chrome bumper on your car, that's uh-huh. pretty much going to be a chrome bumper forever. Da, right. da, da, da. But these systems, particularly electronic stuff, are generally going to have some maintenance or some replacement costs involved. Right. In the case of tire pressure sensors, tire pressure sensor, airbags, yep. you know, if they go off, there's no putting them back together. You've no. got to take that unit out, put a new unit in, and reset the system. That's right. It's going to add some costs in there. Now, some things like fuel injection, for instance, actually saves money it does it it will it may eventually break but it's certainly not gonna break as much as a carburetor would have broken right and now you've got direct injection that's right so direct injection has a little more cost than original fuel injection had when it came in when it came out that's right and possibly a little more maintenance thing because no longer does the fuel clean clean the valves of the engine because it's not flowing past there it's flowing directly into the combustion chamber so now you can get a buildup on your valves right and the good side of it is with direct injection, they can time the fuel to the ignition event a little more precisely Make so little, they can get more power out of right. the car. They can get better fuel mileage. They can lower emissions. They can do some good things. But, but again, the, like everything good, there's generally going to be right some bad some attached bad. to it. When that when the carbon starts building up on that valve seat, it starts building up the stem. Mm-hmm. And it'll get to where the stem won't let the – it will overcome the spring pressure – so the, the valve will go down and it'll stay down. Right. Or it'll stay open partially. Yeah. And you start getting a misfire. That is the by far the biggest drawback to direct injection we've seen so far. Right. You, you getting away from the self-cleaning aspect of it. Where so it adds a maintenance cost to have to go in and actually clean this stuff out to get the engine to operate that's properly. That's right. You know, it used to be when you had port injection and you poured some injector cleaner into the tank, it was going through the fuel system. It was being sprayed on the valves. It was cleaning. It was cleaning everything along the way. Same thing with the detergent in your fuel. Sure. Well, detergent in your fuel now will still clean the tip of that injector and help to which keep it clean. It which needs is why to stay clean. Important to use a good high grade of fuel. Right. But it's not going to clean the valves and stuff. No. It's not going to clean the intake because that, and that's why for the most part they've gotten away from EGR, the exhaust gas recirculation, uh-huh. because number one with the direct injection they can kind of tune that out. That was to reduce oxides of nitrogen under certain events where combustion chamber temperature would get too high. 
Well, now what they can do is they can retard timing, they can retard valve timing, they spread additional fuel, so sure. they can control it without EGR, which eliminates spraying exhaust gas into the intake, which was a huge problem before. Fortunately, the fuel would clean it up a little bit, but now without fuel going through there, it would really be a big problem. Sure. Except that they've basically, they've basically eliminated, eliminated the need for it. Yeah, the, the need for it. So these are just a few of those kinds of things, and there's lots and lots more. There are. Uh, there's so many different things that have been mandated on cars that you don't realize that is there until it breaks. Well, one thing, I know we had a, a gentleman last week who his radio went out in his car. Right. So he priced a new radio or replacement radio and was absolutely flabbergasted. Went on eBay and found a used replacement from the same exact kind of car. Mm-hmm. Of course, when he plugged it up, it just says locked on the screen. Sure. Now, that is a mandate that is the theft deterrent mandate and it was designed to keep people from stealing radios if you take a radio out of one car and put it into another car it's not going to operate right it's going to be security locked out and you have to go in and there's a procedure to go in to get a certain code out of this radio you get a code and you have to call gm or one of the manufacturers you have right. to prove that you, you are the owner of the car right you bought the you, radio legally you did legally buy this radio you didn't steal it somewhere uh-huh. you have a work order where it is a legitimate shop or whatever using you know doing sure. this sure and it's to kind of try to help eliminate the, the theft of radios the theft and stuff which i don't know why they couldn't go to some kind of a similar system with catalytic converters Exactly. Where they're stealing all these catalytic converters. If they went to a system where they got the VIN number of the car, right? you have to have a work order showing where this converter where was this- taken off for a legitimate reason with a diagnosis. Another converter was put back in its place before you can sell this converter. Mm-hmm. And that would have to be done at the level where they're purchasing them. Sure. I know it's like in New Orleans, there's a lot of copper gutters and right. stuff, which are very, very expensive. And what the thugs were doing is coming around at night just rip and them off grab the wall. it and rip it down and... and go off and sell it uh-huh so they passed the law now that when you bring copper in you cannot be paid right that day then. right you have to wait a week before the before they'll actually pay out for that weight of copper right so that they have time to do some research and see if this was actually a stolen or if this came off of a job site that was legitimately right. taken down for whatever reason right so if it turns up theft in, within the week, you come back to get your check, guess who's waiting for you? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And most of those guys who would do that kind of stuff aren't interested in waiting a week no, for anything. they're they, not. They need the money right now. Sure. Whether it's to buy drugs or, or whatever, whatever they're going to do with it. If they have to wait a week, they're just going to go try to steal something else. Right. Which is your catalytic converter now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there are ways these things can be done. In my opinion, sure. I don't know why they're not. I know it does take a little more effort on the part of the recycler, but that's just the way it is. Right. And this was certainly, I mean, we had a, a car dealership that got hit a oh, yeah. couple, three or four weeks ago, and would they steal over a dozen? Uh, like a dozen converters. They just went out on the lot with a chop saw and cut all these converters off, which cost thousands, thousands if of not dollars. tens of thousands of dollars. Right. Some of those had to buy, some of those vehicles had to have an entire exhaust system. Because this catalytic converter is welded in, it's not right. a not a separate piece from the exhaust system. So they had to go and purchase the entire exhaust system to put the kiss, this converter back underneath these right. cars. Right, and they can't sell a car without it. These are brand new cars. Yeah, brand I'm new talking cars. about less than 10 miles. Right. Brand new cars. So, right. yeah, it, it's a big problem. Yeah. And this has been going on for a while, a while now. I'd say the Several last, of the dealerships, last year or so, it's gotten worse and worse. At uh, least, yeah. But, yeah, it seemed like 
if there's any legislators out there, I know some of the legislators do listen to this station. Yeah. That might be something you want to consider. Yeah, might be a <laughs> good idea. Because that is a big problem. Now, from what I understand, I delved into it just a little bit, and they're not being sold in the state of Louisiana so they're, much. They're actually they're being act- taken out. Yeah, be taken to other states that don't regulate it as much. Other countries. Yeah. Texas has a pretty lenient law to do uh-huh. with that. I know they caught a guy crossing into Texas with a whole bunch of them. them. Yeah. And the same thing, take to, to different countries. Right. Our border is so secure, it seems yeah. like that would get caught, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. a different subject that, for a different time. Start a different radio program. Yep. But yeah, there there are ways this could be made could. less, and you got to take the reward out of it. Exactly. If you want to try to. To get it straightened out. That's right. Another thing, and we're talking about just different things mandate on cars. When they sort of dropped the timing belts on cars, everybody applauded. Uh Yeah, this is great. We're not doing time time belt. But you got to remember, now you got a big, huge timing chain. Sure. Which has much more stringent lubrication requirements. That's why all the cars now require synthetic oil. Right. That's no longer, hey, this is a good idea or let's just try it. Right. It's now mandated. Yeah, you got to have it on there because it has to lubricate a big old chain. So when you get something, you lose something. Sure. Just the way it is. I see we're just about out of time. We'll start winding on up. Get ready to get on out of here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends, go to your favorite broadcast or rebroadcast service. Find a written view and fill it out for us, please. That's right. And if you can't find a place to review on your podcast site, just go to Google and type in Agco Automotive, which is the name of our company. And you can and leave just us, give us a review, review there. right there. That works. And we'd appreciate that too. Hey, pre signals opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend. <laughs>